already prayed. You don't have to live like you live. Why? Because he has already prayed. You don't have to search out things as hard as you search out certain things. Why? Because he has already prayed. You ain't got to put up with that mess. Why? Hope you enjoy our pastor's message. I'm Brother Michael Williams. Thank you for listening. We pray you were enlightened spiritually by our radio broadcast. If you would like a copy of our service or support us by donation, write us at Bethany Ministry Center, P.O. Box 6764, Alexandria, Louisiana, 71307, or call us at 318-561-0064 and leave a message. Join us next Saturday at 12.15 p.m. K-A-Y-T 88.1 FM 70,000 watts of gospel power Power Beaming on the blue mountains of Mississippi And the flat plains of West Texas And the beaches and bayous of Louisiana K-A-Y-T 88.1 FM Listening to Living by the Word with your host, Greg Tejada, pastor of the Word Christian Center in Alexandria, Louisiana. I trust that you received the Word of God that will change your life and make you strong. This message is available for a gift of $8 postage paid. If you would like a copy of today's message, call us at 318-442-8100. That's 318-442-8100. Or write us at P.O. Box 13195, Alexandria, Louisiana, 71315. We invite you to join us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 a.m. and on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. for worship services. We're located at 4701 Lee Street, just two blocks off MacArthur. Author Drive. Until next time, may God richly bless you. Everybody say, I'm a saint. All right, then you know what you ain't supposed to be doing. Saints don't fornicate. Not supposed to. <laughs> I had to qualify that, didn't I? Saints ain't supposed to fornicate. Saints are not supposed to walk in uncleanness, not supposed to have a filthy mind and filthy mouth. Filthy actions. Amen. Now we're gonna get back to the fruit of the spirit here, but let's deal with this. Amen. He says, Let it not be once named among you. Pastor, I just slipped one time. He said, don't let it be named not even one time. Now, he's not trying to deprive us of anything. He's, he's showing us a way of love. Because when you fornicate, you have unclean thoughts and things, you ain't walking in love. Neither filthiness. Oh, my goodness. Nor foolish talking. Foolish talking. That's words that don't edify. 
foolish talking, crazy talk, nor jesting, that's uncoursed jokes and stuff, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater, have any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Paul said, now y'all ought to know this. Didn't he? For this you know. That means he had taught this to him. For this you know that no whoremonger or unclean person have any inheritance or covetous man who is an idolater have any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with empty words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be ye not therefore partakers with them. Somebody ain't living right, don't you join up with them. I'm not telling you better than anybody else. I'm just saying don't participate. Stay in the love of God. Keep yourself in the love of God. Amen. I'm going to tell you, so much blessing come to you. Just keep yourself in the love of God. Amen. But sometimes, you know, Paul had to put this in. Let no man deceive you. You know why he had to say that? Because there were a group of people. There were people that were saying, it's okay now that you say for you to do that. God understand. Oh, that it don't matter. Now you saved by grace. You can live how you want to. Just ask God to forgive you. Paul said, don't let nobody deceive you. It's because of these things, God's wrath will come upon the children of disobedience. See, God's wrath ain't just in the Old Testament. This is New Testament, ain't it? The last time I read there, this New Testament, the wrath of God comes on children of disobedience, children that won't obey. Because if you do these things, then wrath, the wrath is going to come on you. And I don't know how that's going to manifest. I ain't studied that out. I don't know how that manifests, but I can tell you it ain't good. Paul was warning them. He says, look here, verse 8. For you were sometimes, or at one time, darkness. But now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Walk as what? Children of light. Now look at here's the verse, here's the fruit that the, the scripture want to get to. For the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Now this is what the Bible say. It would be nice for me to just come here and pep you up every Sunday. Just encourage you to keep going on with God. He's going to bless you, bless you, bless you. But I'm going to tell you, that ain't all the Bible got to say. Paul said, expose these things. It's not to bring condemnation. It's not to bring, you know, hurt. It's not to hurt anybody. But it is so that people will be, be partakers of God's holiness. And if you're a partaker of God's holiness, then naturally that blessing and all them doors that we could talk about, all them good encouraging things we could say about God will come upon you and overtake you. There'll be blessing you'll receive you ain't even asked for. Opportunities to come to you wasn't even looking for. I'm going to tell you, God wants to bless you, have great desire to do it, but you can't go opposite of the way he wants you to live. Praise God. But it's good. I'm going to tell you, holiness is good. Yeah. 
when you live righteously before God, I'm going to tell you, there ain't no limit to what God can do in your life. If you mess up, you ask God to forgive you. And then you make a decision. I ain't doing that no more. I'm going on with God. I'm going to stop this stuff that I've been doing that ain't right. I'm going to live righteously before God because I want all that God has for me. Praise God. See, the fruit of the Spirit will help you determine what is acceptable to God. So if I got joy in me and peace and the love of God and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and self-control, if these things are in me and they're abounding in me, then when I'm faced with situations and circumstances, all I got to do is look inside and see if this circumstance or what I'm getting ready to do, does it violate any of the fruit that's in me? Does it violate anything on the inside of me? I can check with the fruit of the Spirit. Does this follow love? Is this going to produce joy? Is this going to bring peace into my life? Is this going to cause me to be gentle? Am I going to be real ugly? Hmm? Am I going to be long-suffering? Long-suffering means suffer long, but it also means to be slow to retaliate or wrong. How many of y'all like to get them quick? You hit me, I'm going to hit you back. You know, we used to live by that law when we was little. I remember one time, a little old boy hit a girl that was year older than me. He slapped a little old boy. He ain't hurt her. But boy, she popped him good. Pow! And everybody jumped on and said, why you going to hit that little old boy? He big enough to dish it out. You ought to be big enough to take some of it. I said, but yeah, but he a little old bitty thing. That little old boy ain't hurt you. Why you, did, why you hit him so hard? He need to learn. If he going to dish it out, he better be able to take it. I'll never forget that day. Quick to retaliate an evil. Somebody cuss you out, quick just go and cuss back. How many of you ever had, had your temper get involved and say, now hold on a minute here now. But you know, if you check this fruit of the spirit there, there's a way for you to walk in love in any situation without you getting in the flesh. How many of you know that flesh begets flesh? <laughs> Amen. Now, Romans 5, 5 says that the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost who's given to us. Amen. Now, these are things that we can know. The love of God is in me. Say, the love of God's in me. That's part of the divine nature. Say it. That's part of the divine nature of God. It's his love has been poured forth into my heart by the Holy Ghost. I've got love in me. I'm going to walk in love because God loves me and I love others. Amen. All right, listen to these scriptures right here. Uh, Romans 5, 8 says, God shows and clearly proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one died for us. So we can always know that God loves us in any situation. Amen. There's two ways that you can respond to the love of God. You can either receive it or reject it. When we reject Christ, we're rejecting the love and power of God. When we receive Christ, we're receiving God's love and power in our life. 
1 John 4, 16 says, And we have known, experienced, and believed, we've trusted and relied on the love that God hath for us. God is love. He that dwells and lives in love dwells and lives in God and God in him. Amen. God placed that love in, his, in our heart. Amen. And then we see the mindset of love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1 through 10. I won't read all of those scriptures here, but beginning at verse 4, it says, Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious or ball over with jealousy. It's not boastful or vainglorious. Does not display itself haughtily. That means that there's, a, that there's humility in the love of God. The love of God is never haughty or arrogant. Amen? Humility is in the love of God. Amen? Praise God. It is not conceited, arrogant, or inflated with pride. There it is. It's not rude or unmannerly. You see, it's gentle. It's, 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 it's gentle and kind. It's not rude and unmannerly. It does not act unbecoming. It means it don't act up. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. See, love is always looking for a way to be a blessing to somebody else. Love always puts self on the back burner. Amen. The, the strength of sin is selfishness. Which leads to pride. Self-preservation is the law of sin. When you start walking in love, you'll, you'll, you'll begin to be a blessing to other people. And you won't think about number one. You know, the way of the world is take care of number one. Me. Take care of me first. Amen. But if Jesus had had that attitude, he, he would have never went to the cross. See, he, he had us on his heart. He thought about what was best for us, not what was best for himself. And we have to grow in these things. Amen? You might not be there today, but that's what we need to be working on. These are the things we need to be growing in. If these things are not at work in you, then that tells you you got work to do. Don't just say, the Lord know how I am. <laughs> the Lord knew I was like this before he saved me. All right, what you're telling the Lord is I ain't changing. You accept me as I am, and that's it. You either take me like I am or don't take me. Well, that kind of attitude don't receive from God at all, and he don't appreciate it. Because when you surrendered to him and made him the Lord of your life, you basically surrendered your will to where it's not my will, now it's his will. Right? So don't use that. The Lord know how I am, baby. You know how I am. No, we're supposed to be changing. We're supposed to be growing. You shouldn't be the same way as you was the day you got saved. If you've been saved 10 years, there ought to be some improvement. <laughs> Everybody say improve. There ought to be some improvement. Right? You shouldn't be the same way he, the day he found you. If you're the same as they found you, then you ain't let him do nothing in your life. You might not even be saved. I ain't saying you're not, but you might not be. If you've been saved 10 years and somebody can still walk up to you and just brush up to you and you're ready to fight and pull your shoes off, take your coat off, and there ain't no improvement in your temper. Well, I was hot-tempered when I got saved. You still hot-tempered? Are you growing? We're supposed to grow in love. Amen? We're supposed to grow. Fruit grows. Right? 
You got to increase. You got to be more fruitful. That means stuff that used to tick you off ain't supposed to be able to tick you off now. Right? There's some buttons that Satan used to be able to push that ought to be disconnected by now. Satan, you can hit that button all you want. You ain't get no response out of me because I done learned. I done learned some sense. Holy Ghost done taught me some things about how to deal with situations. And when you overcome in one area, when that area rises up again, say you overcome the devil in one area and he stick his head up again, you already know how to whoop him. He ain't gained no spiritual strength. The devil has no way to increase his, his spiritual strength. He is who he is. But you can increase your spiritual strength. The anointing in your life can increase. You can get stronger in love. You can get stronger in joy. You can have more peace working in your life. You can have more grace working than you had yesterday. Right? You can constantly be changing and going from one degree of glory to another in the Lord. Amen. And increasing in your faith, be able to believe God and trust God for things that you couldn't do five years ago. Your faith ought to be growing and increasing. Your love ought to be growing and increasing. Our love for each other shouldn't be diminishing as we, as we go longer together. I mean, that's what happened in a lot of churches that people have been together so long they can't stand one another. I sit on my side, you sit on your side. Church all got all kind of factions in it, little groups that don't like each other. That ain't the love of God. Amen. If we're walking in love with each other, then my love for you ought to be increasing. Because if I'm praying for you, then I ain't going to criticize you. We have to learn how to work with one another and respect each other's strengths. Amen. And then and, and help to build up weaknesses. Ain't nobody got the whole package. Everybody say, I don't have the whole package. Not even pastor got the whole package. You understand? I have weaknesses and shortcomings just like you. Amen? So if you see one of my weaknesses, it may be a glaring weakness, then you pray over that. Don't talk about me. I ain't going to talk about you. We're supposed to love each other. Walk in love. Amen? Love is not touchy or fretful or resentful. Any of y'all touchy? Got to walk on eggshells around you? Because you might blow up. Child, you got to watch what you say around them. They so touchy. They get offended so easy. You know, they get their feelings hurt. The way their feelings on their shoulder. You can't say nothing to them without, without them looking at you funny. Love is a major, not a minor. Look at your name and say, love is a major, not a minor. See, if you don't get this one down, then the other ones are not going to fall by the wayside. Say, I'm walking in love. Say, I'm going to be strong in love. I'm increasing in the love of God. All right, look at this right here. It takes no account of an evil done to it. Pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Now, when you're really walking in love, when people do stuff to you, you don't go broadcast it. Child, let me tell you what so-and-so did to me. How they wronged me. They know they wrong. Oh, child, let me just tell you. 
and then you're counting up, you're counting up. This, that's the third time they done did me that way. Some people, baby, you got to feed them with a long handle spoon. You know you ain't got no long handle spoon. They're all the same size. <laughs> we come up with all these sayings. You ain't got no long handle spoon. I know that's a figure of speech. Love is never envious or ball over with jealousy. No, it's never envious. Never balls over with jealousy. If any envy rise up in you or jealousy when you see somebody else blessed, then you need to check that. You don't just go on with those feelings and protect them and hide them. Say, I'm going to hide this, but I can't stand them. Look at them. Always, always thinking that they better than everybody else. You know how sometimes we don't want to admit? Sometimes you got to say, Lord, I feel jealousy in my heart. I, I feel a little envy there. Lord, I don't want that in me. Forgive me. Lord, take this out of me. And then you begin to pray for that person. Pray for God's will to be done in their life. That'll remove the envy right out of you. And you make a decision. I'm going to speak well of them. When they are blessed, I'm going to rejoice. Amen. I'm going to pray for God to bless them more than me. Oh, I know some people have trouble with that. Now, the Lord bless them, but not more than me. I can't stand to sin with more than me. All right, there's the envy and come right back again. <laughs> so, you can't let strife rule your heart. You can't get in competition. You can't let contention come in. You got to keep yourself free of contention with other people. If you have contention in your heart towards somebody, you need to find out why. Is it you or is it them? But I would check myself first. Maybe there's something wrong with you, something wrong in your thinking. Y'all remember I told you I had, a, I had a friend that we were, he was a few years older than me, but we both loved the Lord and trying to do what's right. And then all of a sudden, I started feeling tension in the relationship. And I didn't know what it was. So I went to the Lord about it. And I said, I said Lord, if I did something to him, I'm sorry. Forgive me. And, and, you know, I searched my heart. I couldn't find anything. I hadn't said nothing out of the way with him. I had, didn't have a bad attitude toward him. I wasn't jealous of him. You know, I checked my heart for all of those things, and everything was okay. So I said, Lord, what I do now? He said, go to him. Go to your brother. Ask him if you offended him. Now, the Lord know whether I offended him or not, but he was doing it for me. That was part of my growth process of me growing up. So God asks you to do things that cause you to grow. So he said, go to your brother and ask him. So I, I called him one day after church, and I say, brother, I say, you know, every time I get around you, I say, I feel this tension on the inside. I don't know what it is, but I just want you to know that if I've done something to you, I'm sorry. If I said something out of the way with you, I'm sorry because, man, I, I really love you and I appreciate you. And if I've done anything to hurt you in any way, I'm sorry. Just forgive me right now if I've done anything to you. And when I, when I did that, you know what he did? He wiped his forehead. Sweat popped out on his head. He said, he said, man, he said, I've been feeling the same thing. I've been feeling this tension when I get around you. Have I done anything to you? I said, no, you ain't did nothing to me. Did, did I say anything wrong to you? I said, no. And I said, you know what? I ain't done nothing to you. You ain't done nothing to me. It can't be but one other person that then created this contention between us and it's got to be the devil. 
I said, let's take authority over that right now and bind that spirit of strife and contention. I said, the devil don't want us fellowshipping together, so he tried to build a wedge and put a wall between us because he don't want us fellowshipping. And we took authority right there, and we prayed for each other, and I said, now look, if I ever step out of line with you in any way, tell me. He said, you got the same freedom with me. I said, okay, we good. We shook hands, hugged each other, and said, glory to God. And the joy of the Lord came. And my peace came back. Glory to God. And it was just the old devil. See, God was teaching me some things. He's growing me up in love. Amen. You got to keep the strife out. Because if, if, if the devil's working on you with a contention towards somebody else, let me tell you, that's the devil at work. And he's trying to create a wall of division. He, won't, he wants to stop the unity, and he'll do it at the lowest levels. Strife will always run to the lowest levels. The Bible says it's just like when somebody lets water out. It's like when somebody turns a faucet on and the water comes out, and water will always go to the lowest level. You know, you'll never see water running uphill. I'm going to tell you, strife will go to the lowest levels in your life. I mean, deep down in your heart. And, and if it sits there for a long time, bitterness will start setting up. And you'll find yourself bitter toward that person. Can't stand that person. Don't want to be around that person. Don't want to work with that person. Don't want to cooperate with that person. Don't want to have nothing to do with that person. We got to keep our love walk intact. When you fence any bad feelings in your heart toward anybody, that's time to go on your knees. Because the devil's working on you to get you out of that love walk. He's working hard on you to pull you out of that, that blessing flow. He's working hard to pull you out of that place of blessing. And don't let him do it. You say, I'm going to love at all costs. It don't cost me nothing to love anybody. And you know what really helps me? I say, you know what? No matter what you do to me, that's between you and God. I'm only responsible for how I treat you. So I'm going to make sure I'm treating you right. And if you want to cuss me out, if you want to abuse me, talk about me, stab me in the back, then you just go right home. That, I ain't got nothing to do with that. Hallelujah. Y'all remember that time? This is a good place for that. Y'all remember that time? Some of y'all was here there, and we had a fellow that came by here. His nickname was Outlaw. I was in a meeting with Robert and Val one night in the office there after a Wednesday night service, and Outlaw came in. We didn't know it was the first time we met him. But he looked like he'd been in a junkyard dog fight. <laughs> he had scratches all over him. He was bleeding. I mean, he just looked like he'd been in a chicken yard or something. Chickens had scratched him all up. And he came in here, and he was looking for, he wanted $3 to put gas in a car he didn't own or that he didn't even have. Now, we didn't know this at the time. He said, I run out of gas. I need $3 to put some gas in the car. And I told him, I said, sir, I'm in a meeting right now. Hey, I mean, he busts right on in my office. Standing in the doorway there. I said, so I'm in a meeting. I'll be finishing in about five or ten minutes. I said, I'm going to help you. We'll put some gas in your car. I said, I don't have no cash on me, but I got a credit card, and we'll, we'll find a gas can, and we'll put some gas in your car. Just hold on a few minutes. And he kept on saying, I got to have $3. I run out of gas. Right around down the street there. I said, sir, didn't you hear me? I said, I'm going to help you. Let me finish my meeting. He just kept around. I got to have $3. And then I said, 
And then I, uh, he said, you think I'm lying to you? I said, no, I don't think you're lying. And see, if you need, you need some gas, I'm going to help you. I said, you think I'm lying to you? And I stood up and I pulled my pockets out. I said, see, I ain't got no money. I told you, I don't have no cash on me, but I'm going to help you. I got to have $3. Then he leaned over like this. And he looked at me. He said, what if I am lying to you? <laughs> I said in the chair, I said, well, I said, if you're lying to me, that's between you and God. I said, I ain't got a thing in the world to do. That man in the Bible lied to a preacher and dropped dead. I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm lying. I got to have $3. I need a drink. I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> My meeting with Robert and Val was over. Everybody out in the foyer that was listening fell out laughing. We was all laughing. See, I told him, I said, if you're lying to me, I ain't got nothing to do with that. That ain't, I ain't, that ain't on me. That's between you and God. You ain't hurting me by lying. Boy, I'm going to tell you, he straightened up quick when I told him, man, the Bible dropped dead for lying to a preacher. He didn't want to drop dead. <laughs> so... So we ended the meeting, and I came out. We was all laughing, and we just w walked out into the foyer out there, and then I put a bear hug on him. I grabbed him tight. He grunted a little. He was trying to get away, but he was a little old man. I had him, didn't I, CC? I had him tight. He was trying to get away, but I had him. He grunted. And I prayed a prayer over him. I said, Father, in Jesus' name, help this man. Deliver this man. And when I finished praying for him, I let him go. He said, oh, I ain't never.